that'll do it. Suns are your number one seed in the NBA playoffs. They secure it on March 24th with eight games left to play. The Suns win 140 to 130, the final here in Denver. Win number 60 on the season. Yeah, John Bloom on the final call on the Suns Radio Network 60 and 14 after they beat the Nuggets by 10. They are the number one seed here to talk Phoenix Suns and NBA basketball with us. Senior NBA writer from The Athletic, Sam Amick, joins us here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Good morning, Sam. How are you? Good morning, guys. Doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, I would say it's boring talking about this team just winning all the time, but it hasn't been boring. The level of consistency that the Suns have played with this season is startling. I mean, from your viewpoint, uh, what do you make of the Suns right now? And I know the landscape changes when you get to the postseason. How equipped do you believe uh, they are to, to, to win this whole thing right now, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly uh, better late than never. I, I feel like I've officially reached that point, and I wrote this a little bit yesterday, that, you know, that they, they are the far and away, you know, title favorites for me. Um, not exactly rocket science. The standings tell the tale. And I, I actually would like to go back historically and, and get more context regarding you know, this kind of a gap between number one and number two. And we're not obviously just talking in the West. We're talking the entire league. You know, I mean, certainly when the Warriors won 73 games, they were lapping the field. And so uh, it's not on that level, but it's up there. Um, and it's a year where everybody else is, is it's all about parity and teams being, you know, kind of in the same neighborhood in terms of how good the, the better teams have been. And then you have the Suns. And it, you kind of alluded to this. It's not as far as, you know, whether or not it's been boring. The, the non-boring part is that they've had a, some adversity along the yeah. way. And they've obviously gotten through it. And this Chris Paul uh, absence being the, the latest one, and pretty impressive. You go 11-4, and four, you do nothing but create even more distance from the field. I mean, they've just been really dominant. The is Devin Booker an MVP candidate, and if not, why isn't he conversation seems to be popping up and cropping up all over the place. Is this progress that Devin Booker has made it into that area, or is this disrespect that has been shown to him that it's taken this long? I would probably, Dan, go for the former. Um, I love Book's game. I 100% think it matters when you're the best player on the best team. And for this season, I think that's been the case. You know, I mean, early on, you know, we were talking, it's it's always that tricky dynamic with Chris and Devin. It's, you know, which guy would you pick? Um, early on, it was Chris. Devin gets the nod from me now on the Suns. But I, you know, just being honest, if you know, I, I think he's going to get votes and should wind up in the top five. When you start looking at individual impact, and studying Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis in comparison to Devin, uh, collectively, you know, team success does matter, and the Suns have got that box checked more than anybody else. But, you know, you're talking 26, um, you know, 5-5 and versus, you know, 26, almost 14 and and Mm 7, I think it is, for Jokic. And so there's just a monster numbers happening with those three guys, and they, in terms of the functionality of the teams, I think Devin's candidacy does get hurt by the Suns' depth. They are just built differently. Um, and, you know, you have the, the Milwaukee's and the Denver's and the Phillies where there is more on that guy's back individually, I think, than there is on Devin. I agree with you. Sam Amick from The Athletic, our guest here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. 
Um, looking at what what could derail this thing for the Suns potentially, and and it, it's nitpicky seemingly at this time, Sam, but. I worry sometimes about their rebounding. I worry sometimes about their comparative inability to get to the free throw line consistently uh, compared to other teams. Do either one of those things stand out to you? And if not one of those, uh, what what stands out to you as something that might be construed as a weakness on this team right now? (laughs) No, I mean, I'm chuckling because it's like this is, you know, you guys are close to it, you know, and and I say this playfully, like you are nitpicking because you're right there. You know what I mean? You're watching it really closely like sure there's things you could look at but these guys are balling and they uh i mean the injury stuff is still an issue cam johnson is an important player and uh you guys could probably tell me is there any clarity yet on when he's going to be coming back not officially no uh they've been very very cautious with it yeah and so he's another guy that the mainstream public beyond phoenix barely even knows who he is but you guys know he's an important piece um they're just I – mean, I go back to that word depth. They're so deep. And, and yeah, they, they're not a perfect team. Certainly there's a few areas here and there you can pinpoint. But uh, the other thing that I think I'm starting to learn even more about is good old-fashioned chemistry in the locker room. Um, now, we obviously aren't in the locker room like we used to be. Hopefully that changes. But last night and the night before, I happened to peek at my phone and notice a notification – that said, hey, Devin Booker is going live on Instagram. And it's not normally my style, but I was like, all right, let me check it out. So I click on this thing, and you're now live with the Phoenix Suns on their team plane. And um, it's Devin sitting next to Chris, walking around the plane, talking to guys. you got guys playing cards, guys, you know, hamming it up. And the vibe, I know social media doesn't always tell us everything, but, like, man, it's just like these dudes – love each other like they really got a great thing and they kind of turned the camera to cam johnson and they say hey we just got one more got one more to bring back you know and then they'll be at full strength so i think it feels like they got a pretty special thing happening it is uh, sam and we've both been doing this a long time it is the best at that level that i have ever seen in my entire life and it's 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 crazy because it's a mixture of hardcore dudes like jay crowder and chris paul and goofy dudes like da and mikhail bridges and it all works perfect um and a lot of a lot of that has to do with Monty, who as you know very well is a just an excellent servant leader so i guess my question is this your experience what does it tell you a basketball Ball, like the team like the Suns should do now that they've clinched number one in the West, should they slow it down a little bit and taper, or do they keep the foot on the gas pedal? Um, I don't know. First of all, as much as and I like how you put that, Monty is a servant leader. You know, I love how he is, and he and he's kind of fine tuned this the older he's gotten. He has really perfected. I think the you know we, we know he's an extremely spiritual man, right? And but he is he's kind of with nuance applied that to his team, but not in the kind of you know preachy pound the Bible type way that other coaches have done in the past. And it works for this group and their soul, if you will, collectively seems to be in a great place. So that comes to mind. But yes, he's the number one leader. Chris Paul's voice is going to matter relating to your question. Uh, I don't know if Chris is going to let them you know take the foot off the gas. Uh, he's been chomping at the bit to get back on the floor. It's funny when I wrote earlier in the week that he was going to be coming back much sooner than expected. Um, Part of that was kind of a funny anecdote about how 
at All-Star Weekend when the Suns first announced the six- to eight-week timeline that Chris made it clear right away, like, oh, yeah, six weeks is never happening. You know, like, there's no way I'm I'm out that long. So he was determined to get back. Seems like he wants to to go out and, and push this thing over the finish line. You know, I'm taking a quick peek at their schedule. A little bit road heavy. Um, you know, a few days off right now before this game against Philly. So I think you push for the next four or five, and then, you mm. know, fingers crossed that you're still healthy, that Cam Johnson's coming back. You know, then you've got to dial it back a little bit because uh, it looks like it's going to be a long haul. Sam Amitt from The Athletic, our guest. One more before you go, and a non-Suns question, but we did focus on the Suns culture, and you brought up that great story about the Instagram live video on the plane. I don't think the Miami Heat are going to be doing that on their team flights anytime soon. Oh, I want to see that. Give me that one. Yeah, I, I, would, I would watch that too, Sam, quite honestly. Uh, is, is, is there a fracture in the always-talked-about Heat culture? Is this a Jimmy Butler problem? And yes. how, how in trouble is Miami at this point in your mind? I don't know. I just I'm gonna find a spot in my life to to just look somebody dead in the eye and say, "What you want me to f and fight you?" you know, like, that's, that's what, <laughs> I mean, my God, yeah. you know, and the lip, the lip reading wasn't hard. Eric Spolstra, of course, looks Jimmy in the eye and says that um, not good. You know, Udonis Haslam is out there. Like, whoo wee, he's 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 uh, he's coming at Jimmy Strong. Not good for the Heat. I think it is. I mean, I don't know. Jimmy problem. I mean, Jimmy just flies close to the sun. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he does. That's who he is. Yeah. Um, and I, I I mean, I actually, I mean, I love how Jimmy competes. I love how he's wired. Uh, we'll see if this is a net positive or negative in the end. I think it's a concern. Um, you know, I do. I, the media side of me thought it was a little funny that last season, well, uh, you know, our top newsbreaker, Sham Sharania, had a piece of. He kind of mentioned, I think, that Jimmy. There was some friction between Jimmy and Eric last year, and, and he kind of got blown up by Jimmy's camp. And that certainly seems to have been, you know, uh, I think a, an accurate report. Um, so I don't know. Um, it's just it's not good. I mean, even basketball wise, they've just been getting their heads beat in. Yeah. You know, by teams that they shouldn't get beat by. So. It's 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 too bad because for one, not to over dramatize it, I, I kind of think whatever chance Spo had of winning Coach of the Year as he competes with Monty and JV Bickerstaff and a bunch of others for that award, um, the optics of that moment don't help him. It looks like sure. you, you kind of lost your team a bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's 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 weird because the you know the Suns. Sorry, I'll land the point here. Like the Suns are a dominant. Number one seed. We've already talked about that. Miami all all year long has been the exact opposite. Like, wow, look at that. They're number one. But nobody truly believed in them as an elite squad. And now you have even more reason for concern. Yeah. Sam, great Great stuff stuff, as always. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate it.